0: My name is Frank Blatt and uh, I will be speaking with Brian and Dean on this uh, podcast. And I'm glad they invited me to be here for this evening.
1: Very good sir. How about you up
0: Here we go. Brian? Dean?
2: I'm here at the podcast tent party with Brian. Ton of people now everywhere. They're doing crazy stuff. Everyone's drinking. Everyone's having a good
3: time. Yeah, this is really the best party I've been to in quite some time. And actually, I think people here might be having too much fun. We going not be able to hear each other pretty well. So why don't we go out to the, the veranda out there so we can be heard better? Yeah,
2: it's a beautiful night, it's a beautiful night Let's get out there, we'll be a little fire We don't have to shout the whole time We'll just be back in a minute, folks We'll be right with you and we'll start off the
3: podcast hand party
2: Now, uh, it's, it's much better out here So I'm glad we came out here, good idea, Brian Oh, thank
3: you Who's that coming our way?
2: Is, th- is that Siracabai? I think it I, th- I think it is. He's got a guitar with him at our party. Like I'm, I'm sure the jazz trio is loving that. Yeah, I know. But wait, is is he singing something? He is. Uh, well, that's uh, you, Mike Matt. Yeah, I don't know your name. You work for me. Go over there and record this guy. Don't look at me that way. Go. You uh, can't find any
4: of these things. I
2: guy. Dean and Brian wanted to know if you want to say anything for the podcast. This is Sir
4: Rockabye coming straight to you from the frankblack.net oh, podcast episode 10. Saying, I'm Sir Rockabye. Oh, Rock and I
2: am. I don't mean to
5: care. But,
4: I mean, I'm Sir
2: Rockabye. Rock-a-bye. Alright, Scruffy,
5: that's
2: enough. Alright, well, Sir Rockabye at the
3: party and clearly been here for a long time. Rock-a-bye. Let me take a sip of the champagne first to yeah, sort of wet my palate
2: oh that's a good idea well while you're doing that I'll just tell our listeners here about what's going on we have a little bit of a podcast 10 penthouse party we're having it in the halfway point between Saskatoon and Oakland and that is Thunder Bay glamorous glamorous Thunder Bay now we've uh, as you may have heard we've buzzed up Frank black he's coming to the party we're very excited to have him here tonight and he's going to be talking with us a little later it's a long elevator ride up from oregon but uh he should be here shortly and we'll be chatting with him
3: now speaking of here though now we have uh one of our friends is here come on over say hi to the podcast folks hey everybody this is toba fett big congratulations to dean and brian on this the 10th FrankBlack.net podcast you guys rock keep it up <laughs> we'll, we'll try Toby. we will try all right thanks a lot toby we'll see you later what a guy, that Toby. Nice gentleman. One of the reasons we're celebrating tonight is because last podcast, episode number nine. Our best of podcast. Our best of podcast and has also been our best downloaded podcast. Cool. So we just wanted to celebrate a little bit since we improve our downloads quite a bit between numbers eight and nine. And hopefully number 10 will be even better because we have to pay for this party somehow. <laughs> Brian's drinking up all the champagne over there. Give me that bottle. And so we have lots of fun stuff planned for you guys tonight. As Dean said, we're going to talk to Mr. Frank Black. We're going to hear from some contest we from last time. We have a brand new contest for you guys. We have all sorts of fun stuff going on. But first, oh wait, hang on a second. Someone else is coming out to the patio.
5: Hi, guys.
3: Hey, Hey, Katherine.
5: What's that song you play at the beginning of the podcast?
3: Uh, That's a track off The Cult of Ray. It's one of our favorite tracks. We picked it because we both thought it's a pretty underappreciated song. Isn't that right, Dee?
2: That is right. Plus, it's instrumental, so it's a nice, easy song to have in the background, but it is a terrific track. Uh, It was pieced together uh, from a bunch of little bits that I think Frank Black had lying around, and and, uh, they kind of put it together into a song slowly. They never really played it live that I know of. In any case, terrific song, and yeah, thanks for asking, Catherine. We'll definitely play that one. In fact, here it is.
6: me mm-hmm. This is the day that surely he will be reborn Bring down the blade on Johnny Clear the way for Johnny, This is the day that surely he will be reborn Bring down the flame on John A. He shall be the one that will be told. He shall be the one that will be told.
2: So that was Johnny Barleycorn on the stereo there from Fast Man Raider Man, just released last week, assuming you're listening to this, you know, fresh July 1st, aka Canada Day in certain parts of the world,
3: or if you're listening to it three days later, perhaps July 4th, Independence Day in other parts of the world. Canada Day and Independence Day to our listeners, yes. wherever you reside. So, Tarakabai has found his way back outside again. Yes, he has. How thrilling. This is why 17-year-olds shouldn't drink, folks. Blackout that does not condone supply
2: or the consumption of alcohol, and the incidental mentions herein are strictly fictional. Alcohol has not been provided to minors, pregnant women, or ungrateful microphone boom operators.
3: Indeed, why don't you run inside and get us some more caviar burn?
2: Oh, Always trying to get rid of me. I guess I could wash. you know after that disclaimer Maybe I should make sure that I got some food in
3: my belly here, so uh, I will do that for you Brian I'll be back While our Canadian friend is inside I have some exciting news I know you you're jumping up and down with excitement already But we have a Frank black trivia contest the prize of which we will reveal next week But let me tell you it's a doozy. So this is a 5 Part trivia question. If somebody can't get all five parts, the winner will be the person who answered the most parts correctly. So, here they go. Question number one. What Frank Black song references Walmart? Question number two. What Frank Black songs are about A. Iggy Pop, B. John Candy, and C. The Three Stooges? Question three. What were the five- Brian!
2: Brian! You gotta get in there! It is insane! Dave Noisy just bit the head
3: off a chicken! This I gotta see!
2: Brian? Well, I I don't know what he's talking about, but he's left his notes here, so... uh, Okay, uh, we're doing trivia. He's got two checked. Okay. Uh, Oh, yes, the trivia contest. It's exciting stuff. I don't know if he told you about the prize, but we'll be revealing it next week and giving away the prize the beginning of August. August 1st. But uh, anyway, let me keep reading these questions here. Question number three is going to take you back into one of our prior podcasts. And the question is, what are five of the rules, as set out by Brian and myself, of podcasting? Five rules. Question number four. What do the people chant when Brian enters the ring at the beginning of podcast number nine? You're going to have to listen carefully. It's a tough one. And a really tough one for question number five. What is the distance between Brian and myself? Remember, he lives in Oakland, New Jersey, and I in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. The distance between Brian and myself in kilometers. So that should keep you guys busy, you trivia hunters busy for a little while. <gasps> oh wow, it
3: is insane in there. Thank god I got out alive. What'd you see? What'd you see? Well, first, Floop and Little Black Francis were cooking quesadillas, and they got into an argument over something or other, and they started throwing cheese all over the place. Then Homer's pet monkey walked in, slipped on the cheese, and knocked himself out. Then Dianara, being the nurse she is, had to resuscitate him, and all the while, Dave Noisy is still biting the heads off chickens in there. How many chickens will that man devour in his insatiable bloodlust? I better get back in there. Anyway, as Dean is inside, we will talk a little bit more about last time's contest. In episode nine, we asked you to tell us what glaring omissions we left off of our <gasps> oh, oh, I couldn't even survive, and I don't know how you made it in there as long as you
2: did. It's just insane. Uh, I'm sorry, go on. I just, oh, I was going to get some more
3: caviar and champagne, but oh, go on, well, go on. I'm sorry. So, in our last podcast, we asked you to tell us what you thought we forgot from podcast number nine, what you would have put on. mix. We were going to give one of you a copy of Oddballs for your hard work. Yes. They all did work
2: very hard, and we got it down to four selections, and they were all just very, very good, and it was so hard. Uh, You know, Brian and I sat down, and we tried, and we we tried to pick one out of these four that we had narrowed it down to, and we just couldn't, you know. uh, They all have different properties that we really liked so what we've done is tracked down some more copies and cases where we had to we bought them for you guys
3: it's not easy to do we've discovered just how hard it is to find these oddball cds actually yeah i mean uh, the one copy we had to track down all the way from austria so you know this really has been a lot of work but we feel like if you guys went to the work to put together these great clips and we can go to the work to track them down some extra oddballs so that you guys can get the copies of the pretty much the rarest Frank Black album out there. Would you say that to you? I would say that, and I'd say they all deserve it, and I hope that
2: our listeners will agree. And I don't want to say too much about them, so here they are, the four
7: winners of our podcast number nine contest. Dig it. Hey guys, this is Gabe from Vermont, and I'd have to say that the glaring omission I noticed from your wonderful podcast was the song The Man Who Was Too Loud. There are a few reasons... First, it's just a great and song. Uh, second's a personal reason, which is it reminds me of when I convinced my then-girlfriend to go see Frank Black in New Haven a number of years ago, and the volume of the, um, the concert was so loud, it was literally painful. We didn't have earplugs. It was my chance of trying to convince her that the Pixies were a great band, that they didn't just scream, that it wasn't just loud music. And, uh... And it ended up being where I even had trouble enjoying it. I liked seeing him, but, uh, but the music was, was no good. Um, but the, uh, the happy ending to it all is that I managed to talk that same girl who's now my wife into seeing the Pixies for their reunion tour. And not only does she agree, but she was totally won over by just an amazing concert. And, uh, and at that concert, Frank Black was no longer the man who was too loud. And my third reason is that uh, it's an interesting track because Frank Black recorded it both with Teenage Fan Club as well as with the Catholics. And I know that Dean loves tracks where he can add details to the recording. And maybe he can even explain more about the song, like if the king of the surf guitar is a reference to Dick Dale or, or what. So thanks, guys. Though he loved
1: to rock and roll all these many years
4: He cared about the old people's and little children's ears Though he was a guitar
1: man He reflected and devoured Again the man who was too loud Johnny's not a poor man No, he never gets you down Now that he is free he is not proud He don't need the power
4: Just to make a sigh. He's not the man that he used to be Oh no, the man who was too loud
1: It's hard Get his.
8: Brian, Ichiban, Kicked in the Taco, Well, hi, Dean, hi, Brian, this is Ed. Obviously I'm not Japanese, you can tell by the terrible Japanese you just heard there, but I live out here in Japan and I love listening to your podcast I listen to it on my way to school every day uh, on the subway. And uh, I really, really like the last show. Great introduction to uh, Frank Black for new people and good fun for older fans alike. And uh, I really, really, really want a copy of Oddballs. I promise you will never see a copy of Oddballs on um, eBay from me. So, thanks again for putting the show together, and uh, speak to you soon. Bye! Oh, P.S. I forgot to say, my favourite Frank Black track is Kicked in the Taco. I thought it was a shame you had nothing from Colta Ray on the programme. And every time I hear kicked in the tackle, I just have to play uh, a guitar along with it. So just in case you didn't catch the Japanese, kicked in the tackle. You got my message
5: Hey Brian and Dean, um, my name is Brett Nash, or as most people call me, Lumpy. Don't ask. I'm from a little town called Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's just south of Charlotte. Now, I can't complain to you guys because the musical joy even bartered upon my ears, but I would like to make a suggestion for a song instead. Now, I've thought since the beginning of the podcast that the perfect Frank Black to back would include the Velvety instrumental version by the Pixies from the Dig For Fire single, and then Velvety from the Catholics from uh, Devil's Workshop. Now, if you think about it, you've one of the longest-running songs in Frank's musical career. Now, in the liner notes for the Pixies B-Side CD, Frank says he probably wrote this song without lyrics when he's about, say, 15. Now with the Pixies version, not only do you get to hear a song that was written by young Frank, you also get to hear how the rest of the Pixies interpret the song with, of course, their own unique style. Now with the Catholics version, you get to hear how Frank adds lyrics to a song that he wrote 20 years ago before he recorded that version, and also hear how the Catholics play the song in their more Western style that compares and contrasts from the Pixies. Now I just figured I'd suggest this song because I thought it spanned Frank's career perfectly. Now, and, uh, and uh, thanks again for these uh, great podcasts. And um, an oddball's disc would be pretty wonderful. Thanks, guys. Bye. It's all a repeat
4: anyway. It's all a repeat anyway.
2: Thank you to everyone for entering, even my foe from Carolina, my beloved Edmonton Oilers, lost to them not too long ago. Still smarting a little bit from that, but uh, all excellent suggestions, you know, uh, The Man Who Was Too Loud was one of the first Frank Black songs I ever heard, and actually one of the first of that collection that I really got into, so great choice there that is a reference to Dick Dale by the way and the song itself is about Jonathan Richmond hence the line Johnny was a rich man so little wordplay going on there and then of course The Velvety back-to-back was an inspired suggestion and I couldn't agree more. A great, great idea for playing those two back-to-back. Of course, we did just play the Velvety back-to-back. The first version we played was a Pixies B-side and then we played the final version, I guess, from Frank Black's Devil's Workshop. Then, of course, uh, Zipper, your song was (laughs) terrific and funny. So, you know, obviously that took some time to do. Thank you very much. And, Edward? We'll get it kicked in the taco, don't worry. So thank you all for entering, whether we got to get you an oddball CD or not. I hope we get another chance to give you something
3: else down the road. Oh, oh look, so, so someone else is walking over to us. Oh, is it Sir by again? No, actually, it's not. It's, uh, what? why don't we let him introduce him? Here, come here, come to the microphone.
8: Hello, Dean. Hi, Brian. My name is Valelem. I would just like to let you guys know that your Frank Black.net podcasts are being enjoyed over here in South Africa as well. So congratulations on your 10th podcast. Keep up the good work. I'm sure it's going to be great, especially if you use some Telestan uh, some in it some way.
3: Uh, yeah, so keep up the good work and um, cheers. Thank you. We appreciate the kind words. Actually, if I were to have submitted... An entry to this contest, I would have said that I thought Callistown was the song that we left off last week's because that really is a fantastic song, also. So it Ready is.
2: was Calistan and a terrific song. Now, I'm not sure what we're gonna... Oh, well, look who's here. The man himself. Frank Black, welcome to the podcast.
3: Do you mind if we talk about the new record for a little while? Sure.
2: Yeah, um, man, it just came out today, I guess. That's probably a good idea.
3: Yeah, I guess now it's, it's officially released in America, on the East Coast at least, because it's 1.44 a.m., so... It is now officially in stores on the East Coast. I know that this was recorded in bits and pieces. So do you find that this was a little bit more of a, uh, I kind of think of it as just my own little thing here. i have almost like a photo album of, you know, little pieces of here and there put together in this one nice little package, whereas Honeycomb felt more like just one uniform piece. Does that make any sense?
0: Yeah, you know, there's something about Honeycomb which is very uniform. You know, it's all recorded in the same studio with the same guys, all in a period of, you know, three or four days. So, yeah, that has a certain uniform quality that happens when you record that way. (laughs) So this record is a little little more divided up, but it's not so unusual the way that I recorded Fast Man Raider Man is not so unusual as compared to uh, other people the way that they, they make records there's nothing strange or anything about the method i think mean, lots of people record and record and they compile and they they through it all and they, sometimes they try to give it some kind of continuity you know the way they mix it or whatever i think john timon you know made the point to me when uh, we were putting together the record that. One studio recording doesn't have to match up with another studio recording in this really picture-perfect kind of way that, you know, great rock and roll albums throughout time you know have been all over the map sometimes, you know. In other words, he, he, he doesn't he take that kind of aesthetic too seriously either.
3: I have a question about the, about the two discs of, of the new record. Did you put a lot of thought into what's disc one and what's disc two uh, in terms of a track listing or is it just more whatever sounded good together?
0: I guess this one is a record that my manager compiled, and then I did another session in Los Angeles, and so I had a few more songs, and one of them in particular I really wanted on the record. But also I felt a little bit of pang of having abandoned some other songs that Ken left off of Disc One. I understand why he left them off. He he compiled Disc One was a great record and in Ken's mind, it is the better record. However, there was, I don't know, some more grittier kind of stuff like Sad, Old World, Fitzgerald, In the Time of My Ruin. You know, those were songs that I really wanted to... uh, have in the record, but Ken left them off, and I understand why he did. He had a certain thing he was going for, which he did accomplish. So disc one represents the Ken goes, and then if I ruined everything, <laughs> I brought in disc two.
2: Do you have a favorite of the two discs? Like, are, Would you say your preference is more towards Disc 2 then, or just that you wanted to
0: have those songs? Well, Disc 1 is definitely like slightly slicker and it's more moody sounding. It's more sort of grand and kind of restrained. You know, a little more gentle. I guess this too is a little more quirky, a little more upbeat. But in general, I mean, it's not a very aggressive rock and roll album or anything like that. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. But uh, I guess I don't have a preference between the two, no. I mean, there's certain songs that I feel a little funny about, even. Like, I wasn't sure what to think about them as songs or the way that they came out, you know? But... Like what? Like Dog Sleep.
3: Oh, I love that song. Yeah, I, that's one of my <laughs> favorites, too. To
0: Whatever, to you know, when we were, you know, sitting around with our small circle of friends who ever had copies of various mixes of this, you know would always come back and say, oh, and that thing there with the trombone, on the dog sleep song, I love that song. <laughs> everybody just loved that song. Yeah. So it was sort of like, you know, after a while, I was sort of like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I won't leave it off, you know. Don't take off the dog sleep. But that one took a lot of work to mix because there were so many people playing on it. With everybody playing on it, it just sounded like this kind of like New Orleans kind of... Uh, it was just too, it was too country bear jamboree. It was just, like, <laughs> <laughs> it just, just had, you know, too much, you know, yeah going on, you know. And uh, so we basically took all the guitars out of it. We just dropped the guitars. And so it's all it's got is keyboards. Keyboards, you can hear a little bit of my ukulele and it's still got plenty of spunk <laughs> with the two keyboards that are playing it, but it's definitely more true to the chord progression and more true to the mood of the chord progression. I mean, it's a very different song when I play it just on my ukulele. It's it's more bluesy, you know, but we didn't give a lot of instruction to these guys. We just give them chord charts and say, let's play it, you know, and it sort of comes out the way that it comes out, and That's the way
7: that they interpreted
2: it. Yeah, it's interesting how you can give the same piece of music to two different people and end up with two completely different songs. It does all sort of come down to, I guess, where you go with the music, how you interpret it. And actually that reminds me, if I can divert our topic slightly, I remember reading a Billboard article about, I don't know, a week or two ago and it was saying how you and the Pixies had tried out some new songs and they had been scrapped. I guess they didn't work out the way you guys had hoped. And I also remember Joey, further back, saying how he was thinking that this might be, he might be coming up on the end of the Pixies with this tour. So I guess the question is, do you think this is sort of the end, the last tour with the
0: Pixies? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I mean, did, did Joey hint at that?
3: Thanks. He had said to Billboard that from this point out, it would have to be something pretty special to get the four of you to record an album. Like, he made it sound pretty much like, you know, we've given ourselves this amount of time, nothing's happened yet, so it's time for us to start thinking about other things. At least that's the impression I got. Do you, do you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, no, that sounds about right from what I remember. It was a yeah. while ago.
0: Well, I mean, w- without sounding like there's some sort of like turmoil in the band or whatever, there's not really, but basically it comes down to, you know, I think Joey and I and Dave are sort of up for making a record and Kim is reticent about that. And she has valid reasons for that. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty obvious. I mean, you know, if you've got a good reputation and you, you made your mark and you made your repertoire, uh, and it was some years ago, which is exactly the case of the Pixies, you don't necessarily want to mess it up by coming out with, years here's our sucky reunion album. You know, <laughs> you, know you, you, don't, you don't want to mess with that. And I certainly respect that as a valid reason, because it is a chance that you are taking. But I, 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 am, I am less fearful about that. And in fact, I'm almost willing to sort of piss on all of that. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'd, be, I'd be quite happy to, to make a record that sounds absolutely nothing like an old Pixies record. You know what I mean? It just has nothing to do with it. In fact, you know, just a whole other thing. I mean, as long as it's good, that's all I care about. As long as I think it's good, and that everyone else in the room thinks it's good, then that's all I really care about. It doesn't have to sound like, you know, the ultimate combination of Doolittle and Surfer Rosa, you know what I mean? It's like... (laughs) I don't feel that precious about it, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just, it's just rock music. I, mean, it's, that's, I think
3: it's a great attitude. I think so many people worry about that. And so many people probably wouldn't have released Honeycomb so soon after the Pixies Union. You know, because they would have worried about, well, this isn't really connected. You know, I think it's cool that, that, you know, you can just sort of say, well, this is where I am. And I can also be over here, you know? I, I'm not just a one-dimensional object.
0: You know, I, when I make a record, I don't, it's not like the record is like it's always nice if you can make a record that ends up being like some sort of like bigger grander statement in hindsight you know what i mean your great your manifesto or the, you know the thing that really just kind of rang all the bells i mean everybody wants that you know what i mean but that whole thing can kind of just take you down a road that i think is just a little too precious and a little too uptight and i just want to make music when I really analyzed about like, why I got into making records and to be in a band, I can think back to when I was a young teenager or even a pre-teenager, and I just wanted to go, like, you know, make a racket with your friends, do something maybe creative. But it was all about fun and making music. I mean, you know, that, that, it's just... Yeah, I, I never want to focus too much on, like, what shall be my next grand statement to the world? You know what I mean? It's just like... It's just too silly. (laughs) It's just too silly. So, obviously, wouldn't it be nice if I made a little record and it came out really so pretty and so perfect and everybody loved it. And everybody said, yes, you are the best. You're the king of the college rock heap. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, it would be great. It would be wonderful. But to sort of plan it, to try to design it, that just feels really fake to me. It's just like, you can't plan magic, I and mean, you can't plan a magical song, a magical moment, a magical record. You can't really, to me anyway, I've never been able to plan any of that. It just happens, you know. And when it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't happen, well, make it as interesting as you possibly can. <laughs> so that whoever listens to it doesn't feel like uh, they got ripped off, you know what I mean? And, you know, what's magic? I don't know. It's like, you know what, what? What is magic to everybody? There's the people that like all the big hits that the band had, and then there's like all of the obscurities. You know, what about your your goofy little songs? You know, what about your strange songs? What about the? I don't know. It's just I don't want to feel I don't want to feel painted in a corner. I don't want to feel bound up like it's it's got you know it's, it's got to deliver in a certain kind of way. This is bogus to me. <laughs>
3: Well, hopefully with an album as diverse as Fastman Man, Raider Man, you will not feel painted into a corner. Now, um, we were talking a little bit about the Pixies and how you were trying to write for that particular project. When you were trying to write for Fastman Man, Raider Man, how would you describe that batch of songs?
0: Quickies. quickies, the quickies, written very quickly, recorded quickly. And, I mean, the only ones that have a sort of longer history, I suppose, are the two covers. Dirty Old Town and Fare Thee Well, or... Sadman song, whatever you want to call it, because they're songs that I've maybe known how to play for a while and performed them on various tours, mostly with the Catholics, you know. So they have their, they have a kind of a history in terms of being around a while as a song. That's how it is on, on this record. On Honeycomb, it was different. On Honeycomb, there were songs that had longer histories, you know.
3: I believe on this podcast we're going to play a Catholic's demo of Selkie Bride, so I'm sure that one has been around for quite some time.
0: Yeah, uh, it's been around for a few years anyway. Yeah, as I recall, I think I... I wonder, is he, I wonder if it's an instrumental version. It is. It is. It is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, as I recall, I really like that instrumental version.
3: Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah,
0: well, I don't
2: know, is it a ukulele or there's something in there that's... Uh, yeah,
0: it's a, uh, I think it might be in, uh, like a, an oud or whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm probably not saying that right, but, you know, like the Greek instrument.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Rob uh, Rob Loffer plays it, he plays on a lot of Catholics stuff, you know, he's sort of one of the peripheral musicians that the Catholics ended up playing a lot with.
2: Well he does a great job, and it's a terrific version, and I'm sure that the people at home are chomping at the bit to hear this Catholics version of Selkie Bride. So thank you very much for joining us, Frank. We will be seeing you again in a few weeks. So listeners at home stay tuned for more of our multi-part frank black interview but now i think it's time to hear selkie bride an instrumental demo recorded in the last days of the catholics
9: My terrible ways, they got me in jail Where some did succeed, I always did fail But I thought I was fine to wait for the day When I'd paid for my terrible ways My terrible ways that came to an end when a mighty deluge freed the criminal man. But I stayed in Mississippi, and three songs I saved. And so ended. I tell the ways the governor forgave on account of three souls and account of the way that took my wife and
3: was My Terrible Ways from Disc 2 of Fast Man, Raider Man. The album's been out a little more than a week, as Dean just said, and there have been some reviews coming in, and we've been working very diligently on the forum to bring you as much information about Fast Man, Raider Man as we can. So there have been a couple different threads opened to get ideas about what the songs are about who played on what track. So if you visit the Frank Black Forum, forum.frankblack.net, you can contribute your own theories and ideas about these songs, as well as hear other people's theories. And uh, I don't know if I'm speaking for myself or for Dean here also, but this is the part of the forum that gets me really excited when people are working together to sort of interpret the music of Frank Black. I really I really enjoy that part of the, the forum.
2: Yeah, no, I love that too. That's, uh, that's always part of the attraction to Frank Black's music for me is is the lyrical decoding, I guess. And it's so interesting because, you know what, until you know the answer, you can think it's one thing and someone else can think it's something else, and both are completely valid possibilities. Yeah, and there's no right answer. Well, there is a right answer. It's obviously whatever Frank had in mind, but sometimes maybe he doesn't have anything in mind. It just sort of comes to him, and I don't know. That's the beautiful thing about art is it's interpretive. take from it what you will and i think we all kind of leave our
3: imprint on the song for ourselves and
2: we take a of bit
3: what we want yes and while we were playing uh selfie bride before uh, frank black whispered to us that he had to go he has two young children waiting for him at home so he had uh, to leave us but he, he will, be, will back. be back so we have we have more coming up with frank black in future podcasts so stay tuned Yes, in fact, this is the beginning of a, a little bit of a series
2: of interviews with Frank Black and other guests. So uh, that's a new feature that we hope you will like and let us know, of course. <laughs> Podcast at frankblack.net. And I should have mentioned that when we were talking about the contest back there so I'll just say it again if you're looking to enter the contest <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm doing it here but podcast at frankblack.net send us your answers you won't find it on the site because we don't like spam very much but we would love to know what you think if you have questions that sort of thing Any anyone you'd like us to bring on the podcast and talk with and of course, as always, you're always welcome to send us requests uh, vocally or by
3: email. It's always nice to hear what people want to hear and be able to play. The only it for thing them. that Dean started to interrupt, the sorry, sorry, only thing I don't want to hear right now is Rockabye singing, but here he comes again. Oh my goodness. We should really call his mother and have him picked up. Yeah, well, this
2: underage drinking thing is, you know, I, I'm this taller than the next guy, but something's got to be done. So won't someone please think of the children? <laughs> Uh, wait, Dean, is,
3: it, is that your phone ringing? Uh, it may be. It may be. Yes, it is. Uh, how did you recognize my ringtone? Good friends know what their uh, friends' ringtones are.
2: I'm pretty sure that everyone else has this ringtone, so you know what, that's... well done. Okay, well, I suppose I should answer it, hey? Yeah, I would say so. Alright.
3: Hello? I I can't understand Oh, Dean, Dean, you have to put on your Birmingham to English translator Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right
2: Just one second Uh, Let me see here Okay, I think I've got it there Alright Go ahead
8: Hi, this is Stormy Kitten
2: Stormy Kitten, how are you doing today? What can we do for you?
8: I would like to request that you guys play Kicked and the Taco, please.
3: What makes you want to hear that song?
8: Well, I used to listen to um, the a of when I was at university, I did quite a lot of travelling, and uh, one day on the train with my headphones in, in the middle of Kicked in the Taco, I forgot that I was on the train, and started singing along with the CD, and drew some very strange looks from everybody else on the train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: sure you did. I <laughs> did.
2: Oh, well, thank you very much, Tree. Oh, well, that was nice. We heard from... Hey, is is that, uh... Is that your ring? Your phone now? This is too much.
3: Look at this. We sure are popular. We really are. And people like us. It's a shame we didn't have more money to fly our friends out to this party. But it was more important that we had a lot of champagne and caviar. So I guess some of our friends had to call us instead of show up at the party. So, uh, Hello? This is Simon. Hey Simon, it's Brian. Is this Cheese Man 1000? I remember you from such general chat threads as Election Fever Hits London and Lyrical Gangster. Greetings from sunny England. (laughs) So what can we play for you today?
2: I'd like you to play for me Manitoba from Show
3: Me Your Tears, please, Brian and Dean.
2: You're going to have to give me a reason why.
3: I don't really have a reason why. It's just my favorite song. Uh, Show Me Your Tears was the first Frank Black album that I actually bought. I got the others out of the library, which is kind of cheating. And That was my favorite song that, and it's one of my favorite albums. It is a terrific song. And yes, that is. was
2: your first Frank Black album. Were you listening to the Pixies before that? or?
3: Uh, yeah, mostly the Pixies.
2: Okay, so that's how you got into Frank Black. Exactly. exactly. Alright, well thank you for calling, sir. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, this is a nice halfway point, Thunder Bay. Uh, how was your flight out here?
3: Yeah, you know, it was all right. They're, we watched some terrible Julia Roberts movie on the plane. And, you know, oh, I just the terrible. humidity. Yeah, the humidity out here is great, though. I mean, in New Jersey, it's just so humid this time of year. You know, how do you deal with humidity? Do you prefer dry heat or are you more of. What do you deal well,
2: uh, well with? In Saskatchewan here, it's fairly dry. It's fairly dry in the first place, so that's kind of what I'm used to. You know, like, when it's cold and humid, like in Vancouver or Toronto, then it just goes right through. You can't put on any amount of clothes. It, well, you can, but it goes right through. <laughs> you should, but it goes right through the clothes anyway. And uh, when it's dry, you don't get that. You can put on, you know, like, it can be minus 72 here, and it has been.
5: And you wait,
3: wait, wait. Is it minus 72 Fahrenheit or Celsius? <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's Celsius, but... Uh, that's I have no idea what that is. I just I'm I'm so used to this Fahrenheit thing you know, like the metric system just messes with my head and the Celsius so I, I, I can't deal with this.
2: Well, I think what is it? you you multiply by f- five ninths plus thirty two is that what it is? or is it's it no? I don't know. divide by divide by five and multiply by no, I think it's multiplied by five divide by nine.
5: You guys are still here, shouldn't you be in bed?
2: Oh, you know, I didn't even think about this. I didn't book a hotel room, did you? No, I didn't. But funny thing, I was in the downtown quarter when I got here earlier. They had this, you know, charming little street with the cobblestone. a better
3: breakfast. Yeah, well... I saw that. Yeah, I, but, you know, they were all full. But weren't they charming? It really was. And, you know, I, the cobblestone on the street, really, to me, just made the town. You know, the cobblestone was one of my favorite pieces of architectural design in the world, you know, there's cobblestone everywhere here, so I'm, I'm in heaven, I love yeah. this place.